Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Bantam Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. Happy to be back with you for the month of October. We have a very special guest here for this month's edition as we're introducing the new Trinity men's lacrosse coach. That's right, Jason Tarno joins us here at the program of the podcast as we learn about him. He's the sixth coach in the 57-year history of Trinity men's lacrosse. So first of all, Jason, thanks so much for the time. Oh, Mike, thanks for having me. So Jason, just quickly tell us about yourself, you know, going back where you grew up, and uh, did you play lacrosse as a youngster? I did, I did. So uh, like a lot of upstate New York guys, I grew up right outside Syracuse, New York, uh, started playing lacrosse four or five years old. Uh, I had uncles that, that played at uh, Cortland State, and they put a lacrosse stick in my hand. My dad was a baseball player, so uh, on, yeah, he was unhappy about that, but... Uh, you know, like I said, like a lot of kids my age, you know, growing up in upstate, lacrosse was kind of the sport to play. Yeah, no question about it. I can remember Syracuse, too, those great college lacrosse teams. They had Syracuse University, the Carrier Dome. Yes, yeah, the Gate Brothers, Marichek, some of the, all the Canadians that kind of were the first ones to come across the border to play. And uh, so now you, you play in high school, I assume? I did, I did, Liverpool High School. Cool, cool. And then you went on to... Uh, Salisbury, I believe, and just talk about playing lacrosse in college and the experience you had there. Yeah, so I originally, uh, I originally actually went to Michigan State out of high school and played uh, college lacrosse there. I was there from '95 uh, to '97. Um, I was there when, due to Title IX, they dropped Division One men's lacrosse. So uh, it was a great experience. I got to play at a Big Ten school. Um, you know, it's unfortunate the direction the university took, but uh, things worked out for a reason, and, and I was able to transfer down to Salisbury University down the Eastern Shore, which, you know, and play for, for a guy like Coach Berkman, who's, you know, the all-time winningest college lacrosse coach and, and has won, I think, I think he's going on 13 titles, I think, at this point. So, uh, you know, it was a great experience both ways, both experiences I was very fortunate to have. Yeah, that's awesome. You try to, now that you've played college lacrosse, you, you can relate, of course, to as you're a coach now, the, the tables have turned, your experience there at Salisbury. Yeah, yeah, and, and, I've, and I've, I've actually been fortunate. You know, I, uh, in 2004, my college Worcester team made the NCAA playoffs, and we played uh, Salisbury in the first round, and, and uh, Coach was pretty unforgiving on us that day and, uh, and took it to us. We played them again, uh, I think, in 2010. Uh, when I was at Worcester, so uh, in the regular season, so it's been good to, to get down and and uh, get a chance to go against him. And that's a great segue. So uh, just take us back after you're done playing lacrosse. Uh, how did you decide to get into coaching, and, wh- and did you take a couple year break, or how did that transition happen uh, for yourself to get your career going? Did you always know you wanted to be a coach? I didn't. I didn't. So um, I, I, I've shared this story with even like recruits when it's kind of come up uh, when parents ask. So I, I was kind of one of those guys that went to school, really was in school to play lacrosse, which isn't really the best uh, thing to do. But, uh, you know, my senior year, coach sat me down, Coach Brickman sat me down and kind of asked me what was next and thought I should maybe get into coaching because I really didn't have a, a good answer for him of what I was going to do. And, and so he then kind of talked to me about that. And then uh, after the um, – I think it was the summer after, you know, I guess my my last year playing, uh, he asked me to stay on, on board and be an assistant coach on his staff that following year, and that kind of got my foot in the door to in coaching. That's excellent. You went on to Butler, College of Worcester, and then head coach uh, as well as Baldwin-Wallace University before coming to Trinity. Let's just take a stop-by-stop. Stop. Uh, how did you transition to Butler after playing? 
Yeah, so Butler was unique. Um, I actually had planned to stay at Salisbury a few more years, um, and at the time at Butler, John Hind, who's now the athletic director at Hamilton, John Hind was at that time the assistant AD at Butler and bed the head lacrosse coach also at Butler. He'd uh, they had moved on to administration. So when he moved into administration, they hired a new head coach, uh, and I know I knew. John, the AD, uh, and so the new head coach was looking for an assistant coach and a defensive coordinator, and and just kind of through knowing through John, I ended up out there and spent a year there, and it was a good experience, um, you know, getting a chance to coach against the Loyolas, the North Carolinas, the Notre Dames of the world. Um, but just for me, it just I, I didn't really like Division One as a coach. Um, and so when the College of Worcester job opened up, I thought it was, you know, a good opportunity. It was a program that was struggling. Um, it was kind of almost at death's door. And I think there was like 15 players in the program that I inherited, but uh, we were able to do a good job. We being the, you know, the college, the staff, and the players of turning that program around and getting into the NCAA playoffs. So um, all great experiences. Unfortunately, Butler doesn't have lacrosse either. So uh, both Division One programs I've been a part of don't have a program anymore, which is kind of unfortunate. Oh man, that's yeah, that's tough. You talk about Title Nine that. that- a lot of times that comes into play. I'm interested when you said you didn't like coaching the Division One level. Was that more like the time commitment or the mindset? And uh, how does that compare to Division Three, like a Trinity-type level? Yeah, I, I felt like the kids, um, it was a job for the kids, and I felt like kids weren't getting the overall college experience. Um, and I felt like some of the kids were making, you know, were kind of just continuing to play just because they had scholarship money. It wasn't because maybe they even had any true passion or love for the sport anymore. So, uh, I mean, I really wanted to get back to a level where, you know, kids, you know, loved playing, and that was the sole reason that they were playing. It was that they played because they loved the game, they loved the teammates, they loved the uniform they're putting on, not so much because, you know, they have a scholarship invested in them. You know, that's amazing. It got me thinking as I interview these Trinity coaches across the board, whether it be football, field hockey, now you lacrosse. That's a common theme that I've come across uh, is the idea of the D3 mindset not being a factory, not being a job, but uh, you have the ability to still play a high-level competition, but it's not dominating your life. It's not a job the, throughout your college experience. Right. Right, and that's something we look for in the, in the young men we recruit. We, we talk to them, hey, if if you want to just play lacrosse, this isn't going to be the right school for you. You know, this this has to be guys that uh, think big picture, that want to be great student athletes and be in the true fashion of the word and, and, and be involved in other aspects of campus, you know, and, and that's that's kind of what we're looking for in the young people that come in our program. Okay, and then just talk about your experience now as a head coach, College of Worcester and Baldwin-Wallace. What did you learn in those experiences? And uh, you had a very successful records. Uh, how did and then to take that to the Trinity side of things? <clears throat> yeah, you know, look, I, I think you know Ball, uh, Worcester and, and was a, a complete rebuild of a program that had just fallen on hard times. Baldwin Wallace was starting a program from scratch, so uh, both immense challenges, different in their own regard. Um, and, you know, I actually think. Baldwin Wallace was easier because there wasn't a negative cloud kind of surrounding the program like Worcester just because it had been so bad for so long. Uh, so coming in here has been, been much easier. I mean, I, I know the record hasn't always reflected uh, maybe where the program is here at Trinity, but this is a good program. This is a good a good program with good talent, um, and, and I think you know we're, we're not far away from being able to do the things that I think we all think can happen here. What did you learn, Coach, from being uh, when you were assistant to being the head coach, kind of in the seat now? What are the different experiences that you took from being a head coach? Um, uh, you know, the differences from being an assistant. Yeah. Because um, you're the guy now. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, as a head coach, you're kind of always thinking big picture things, um, and that can be good or bad. Sometimes you miss actually getting your hands dirty and coaching all the little nitty gritty things, but um, you kind of get forced to, you know, think big picture um, and kind of always, you know, always be worried about all facets of the game instead of a few. But um, you know, look, I, I say this to the people we recruit. You know, for for me, you know, if we treat people right and we wake up every day and do that and we work as hard as we can and and, and do things transparent um we'll have success and that's that's who i am as a coach it's who i am as a person i try to be as transparent as possible treat people right and just work as hard as i can and uh it's a simple formula and we're trying to kind of push that on our guys now it doesn't have to be complicated we just do this and we'll be successful all right coach so now we're entering trinity college um, well, first of all, what was your impressions of the school before you became a head coach? What did you know about it from afar? Yeah, I had an assumption of what I knew about it. Um, I'm pretty good friends with a bunch of guys that had coached in this league or, or currently do uh, coach in this league as head coaches. So uh, I had an, an idea of it. Um, when I came and interviewed, you know, all my ideas were – were, were correct and even then went past what they were and, and just was thoroughly impressed about uh, what this place is as an institution and what it can do for the young people that come here and uh, and what we can be as a lacrosse program. You know, it's a very few opportunity to get a chance as a coach to be around, you know, the best, which is, you know, great players who are also great student-athletes and, and great human beings. So, um, you know, it, it's the sky's the limit. And, and you know, I knew from yeah, I knew coming into the situation, this is probably a place that I would want to be. And um, the moment I left campus, I knew that, you know, if offered the job, that, that I would take it. What type of kid are you looking for recruiting process-wise? And, and, and conversely, when you meet those kids, how do you sell them on Trinity College recruiting-wise? Yeah, you know, I, I don't think we have to do a whole lot of selling on the academics, though we do. I think the place sells itself. I mean, what we're trying to do right now is is, is find guys that are the right fit for us, uh, which is obviously great student-athletes, uh, people who want to be a part of a college community, like I said earlier, not just play lacrosse, but be part of a college community. And, you know, we want guys that aren't afraid of the challenge here. I mean, this is, you know, the NESCAC lacrosse is like the SEC of football. I mean, this is a gauntlet. Um, and so when you have the team trying to, to, to fight to get to the top, uh, there's going to be some ups and downs. So we're talking to guys about, hey, you got to have a blue-collar attitude. you got to not be afraid of failure. you got to not be afraid of this challenge. And, and we want guys who want to get in a foxhole and get to work um, and, and kind of bring some of that workmanship attitude to things. So um, you know, I think there's a lot of guys out there with that attitude. We're finding some, and, and I think we've got a lot to build on. And just, Coach, talk about the coaching staff, below the assistants below you that will be working with you this year. Yeah, so so John Carroll did a great job. You know, who's on the prior staff? We retained John. He's done a great job. Uh, he, he did a great job holding the fort and kind of keeping the recruiting class solidified um, and, and kind of in, in the know um, during all the process. He's been fantastic. He'll coordinate the defense. And then Scott Heisler, who is our offensive coordinator, Scott had, had been my assistant at Baldwin Walls for almost most of the time there. Uh, and then played for me at the College of Worcester. So uh, there's a lot of continuity with, with uh, us because we've known each other so long. And, and, and both those guys, I'm fortunate. I think I have two of the best assistants in Division Three, and it makes my job a hell of a lot easier to, to do my job when i got guys like that. Yeah, no question about it. What have you seen so far from the team? Just I know you can't really – you don't have practices or anything yet, but from film and from looking at last year's team and going forward, uh, what can fans expect? You know – I think we're just going to see a team that battles every day. I know that is absolute coach cliche, but um, I think we've got a lot of potential. And I think if we can uh – 
transform that potential into reality, then, then this thing can be pretty scary. I think you're just going to see a team that, that's not afraid of failure, not afraid of challenges, and is going to is going to uh, bust their butt every day to to make this thing a reality. Um, and then we're just going to keep it simple like that. I think that's what you're going to see. I think you're going to see a team that's going to battle for 60 minutes. Do you have a coaching philosophy yourself in terms of a winning game? Are you a defensive-type coach, offensive-type coach? What's your philosophy just as in general uh, for coaching? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely a defensive-minded coach. You know, our, our, the last three years at Baldwin Walls, our, our defense was ranked number one in the country in scoring defense for three straight years. But, you know, our philosophy is just let kids play. We don't want to make them robots. Uh, we want to keep it simple. And I know I've said that a lot, but I firmly believe in it. Um, you know, we run a lot of motion offenses. We don't want to make guys uh, overthink things. We, we don't want to handcuff them. We want to let them enjoy playing lacrosse. Uh, and play it at a high speed and play it smart uh, and trust them and empower them in the process. And, and you know, doesn't mean we don't coach. I think we coach a system more than we coach plays. Um, you know, and come game day, the Hayes in the barn, I think they feel prepared to, to kind of take ownership of what we've done during the week to, to win a game. You mentioned NESCAC being like the SEC for college, uh, lacrosse, D3. How excited are you to travel now for the first time to these different schools across New England and the Northeast and to see these schools, and who do you think will be the top teams going forward this spring? Yeah, I mean, uh, I am excited. Um, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not sure how we drew the short of, of three trips to three trips to Maine this season, but but we'll take it. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, the top teams are going to be the top teams as they they've really been. I mean, Tufts is is Tufts, and you know, Bates is coming off a great year, and Middlebury's always good. So. Um, you know, and I think again to make the comparison to the SEC. I mean, anybody can beat everybody, and, and uh, you know, and so we'll just take it one game at a time. And but uh, you know, I think if we do what we need to do, we'll find ourselves in the hunt uh, late April, May. And coach, last couple questions before you go. How have you liked the Hartford area and the Trinity College campus community um, outside the cross field? It's awesome. You know, uh, I can't speak uh, enough about how welcoming everybody here at Trinity has been to to, to me uh, in this transition, and, and it's been absolutely fantastic. I, I work with great people in this department. Uh, you know, everyone from from Kristen Noon, our intern AD, um, to all the coaches up and down the hallways of this building, they have absolutely been maybe the most welcoming crew I've ever uh, come on board with. So I can't thank them enough and, and just even all the other facets of campus. And then Hartford's great. You know, I like it. It, it reminds me a lot of Syracuse uh, where I grew up, you know, kind of a, uh, a Rust Belt type city with a lot of character and good people. And, uh, you know, I could be happier here. And coach, what are some things you like to do with your, your wife outside of playing lacrosse? Just give us a, a peep into your background uh, outside of the sport. Yeah. Um, you know, we we like to travel. Uh, we're kind of traveling around uh, New England a little bit uh, on, on some of the downtime, so that's kind of good. And um, just family, you know, uh, get back get back to Syracuse and, uh, and and see my family a little better down to D.C. to to see friends and family down there. So um, you know, in this profession, you don't get a lot of breathing room, but we we do cherish the the few moments we do uh, get away from the office and, and get to I guess leave, <laughs> live some normal lives. But you know, I would say travel is something we both enjoy. Awesome. And coach, last question, when's the season start and when did, how can the Bantam fans follow you throughout and what's, what's the end goal for this year? Yeah, the season will start February 15th with practice, uh, you know, scrimmage a week later. And then the first game, uh, you know, 
March 3rd uh, at Roger Williams. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of uh, get the season going. I, again, I, I think they're going to see a, 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 an energized team, uh, a team motivated, a team that's not afraid of the challenge, and a team that's going to find itself competing in April and May for a spot in the NESCAC playoffs. That's what I believe. Uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty unequivocal about that, that this team will find itself in a position uh, at the end of the year uh, to, to find itself competing for a playoff spot. Absolutely. And to, anything you want to say to the students, too, who may you want to get, come out and catch a game on campus at Trinity? Yeah, we'd love to have all the support possible. I, I think they'll see a fun team to watch. I think they'll see a brand of lacrosse that is exciting, um, that is fluid, that isn't stale. Uh, and I think they're going to see, you know, 50-some-odd guys in a uniform that love representing the, the college and, and everything it stands for. Well, Coach, thank you so much for the time. And, you know, before we know it, lacrosse will be right around the corner here. Yeah, it's going to come quick. We can't wait. Well, Coach, thank you again for joining us here on the Bantam Spotlight Podcast. Thanks, Mike. Thanks.